You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. by Hibbs only as far as Oda left foot shot goal it's Yutaro Oda with a left foot drilled effort into the bottom right corner hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel the podcast dedicated to Harta Midlothian Football Club the only Scottish Premiership club who, at the time of recording, have yet to make a summer signing. I am Laurie Dunsayer, delighted to be joined to do our transfer roundup, um, a very short one if we were, by Mark Donaldson. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you for joining us this week. That's um, that's this week's episode of Scarves Around the Funnel. We will do it all <laughs> again next week. How am I doing? I- I'm fine. Thank you. I'm in the middle of nowhere in the United States, in Nebraska, on holiday. And I, um, I've i got, like many, I assume, on the Hearts Twitter account, I've got my notifications so that if uh, if the football club um, does an official tweet, then I get a notification. But I've had a lot of bings or bongs or whatever I've had on my notifications so what far bongs? in the last... Well, yeah, that's maybe that not the best word. Or... Well... I, but none of them, none of them, as yet, have have delivered the news that most of us are hoping for, of a of a new signing. So, hopefully, it will come. But no, I, I'm all right. But I would, I'm a bit worried about this opening game of the season, and there's a concern that one of the Aussies that well, the Aussie that plays for for St Johnston is kind of. Uh, He's starting to get a wee bit too confident of facing a heart side without any summer signings in the first league game of the season. <laughs> yes, we are delighted to be joined in this first episode of the new campaign by St Johnston's new number five. I or not 13. Not, not 13. Not 13. Maybe it means he'll be luckier this season. Um, yes, it's Ryan McGowan. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Moving up in the world with the numbers. I knew that you'd comment on that. <laughs> I am a stickler for correct usage of of squad numbers, and number thirteen, as I have told you before, is for a substitute goalkeeper. Right. Um, uh, so I reckon a few performances last year made me look like a reserve goalkeeper. I think you're doing yourself a disservice there, but it's it's, it's good you got number five. You know, I, I, and apart from anything, um, I mean, I quite like it. I, I am a, a squad number geek anyway, but I quite like. Um, we get to pre-season, you, you, you're kind of looking out for the pictures in training to see, oh, who's got a different number on their shorts or their training top to see if there's been a squad yeah. number change. You must kind of like it, though, when you get a 1 to 11 number, don't you? Because you must feel like, right, the boss the boss thinks I'm still a, I'm a starter. Yeah, 
I remember that hard to came back fucking from players. <laughs> yeah. We I came back from Hearts preseason once and I think I was seventeen and when I came back I was thirty one and I was like, That's not a good sign. <laughs> I think I could be out on loan again this year, but um yeah, no, it is it is exciting and um yeah, I think there was a couple of boys at St Johnson that were were wondering what number they would be and um yeah. It, it is. It's one of the sort of exciting first day back. Get in nice and early and see if you've changed number. And, you know, there's also like the dressing room where you're sitting because obviously boys have left or boys have, you know, moved on or been sold or whatever. So you can shuffle your deck a little bit and speak to the kit man and see you can sit next to your pals. And, um, yeah, there's all that kind of stuff. We, you get a couple of the young boys who are now into the first team dressing room. Um, so we do that St. John's and the young boys get changed in a different dressing room until they're sort of classed as first team players and then they can they can come in with the big guys. So, um, yeah, there's all that sort of excitement of the the first day back and um, first couple of weeks of, of seeing who you're going to sign and the rumours and, you know, us players, we love them as well. You know, rumours that you're going to sign somebody and boys texting you to find out you know, oh, we're here, we're going to sign this player, what's he like, is he a good guy, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that happens all across the country, which is which is exciting. I like the number five for you, because it takes me back to 1985-86, and, and players didn't have squad <laughs> numbers. No, but hear me out here. Players at Hearts didn't have squad numbers, or players anywhere didn't have squad numbers, but Hearts number five on a lot of, t- a lot of occasions was Neil Berry, Smith Kidd, Whitaker Jordan, Berry Levine, Colquhoun Black, Clark Mackay Robertson. So Berry was number five. You're like a modern-day Neil Berry in that you're good defensively, but you can move forward a little bit as well. So does the number five suggest a more defensive position for you this season, do you think? Or do you think the number five suggests a, a Neil Berry-esque kind of holding midfield role? I think I'll be... Uh, oh. And being the old term, uh, depends on who we play against. I don't think I'll play 20 games in the same position. I think I'll be a, between right back, center back, and defensive mid. I think, and I think it will be possibly horses for courses in terms of which position I play and in which kind of games. Um, you know, we've kind of made it public that we'll be running with a, a smaller squad than we did last year. So, you know, in terms of that, the manager's already spoken to me. That, that kind of helps him that I can play those different positions. Um, you know, if it's an injury to here or there, I can the slide The amount of players you've got, you could be playing a lot more than two or three positions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. But, um, yeah, so I think that's probably, you know, when you when you are running with the smaller squad you need, there's probably a couple of us that can can shuffle a pack and uh, I do know that managers sometimes do like that because if even during a game if it's depending on how the game goes you can you can make one sub but move a couple of players here there and everywhere and and not have it to make three or four subs so you know that is when it comes in handy that you know I can fill in in a couple of positions and um yeah like I said I, I have a feeling this season I'll, I'll probably play a, a number of different positions unless you know we can kind of stay injury free and and put a good run together Right, so first episode back for the new season. We are going to talk about pre-season. Um, 
we don't have at the time of recording. This is one of these times where I'm hoping that by the time this goes out, um, we are out of date because I'd really like us to make some signings soon. But at the time of recording, which is on Thursday um, evening, we haven't made a signing yet, but we'll talk about um, the positions we could be looking at strengthening. We'll talk about the new management team. We'll talk about the pre-season schedule so far. We'll find out how Ryan's getting on in his pre-season. Um, we've got some uh, tweets from a few fans about how they're feeling ahead of the new campaign. Um, the upcoming fixtures, of course, if we get a chance to talk about that. Of course, Hearts don't have a competitive game until they play Ryan Saints, although St. Johnson will start their uh, competitive season this coming weekend. So a few things to get through, and I'm sure, as ever, on Scarves Around the Funnel, we'll go off on a tangent or two along the way. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel. We're delighted for a second season to still be sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. And for those who've asked on Twitter, yes, they are still offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So thank you to everyone at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs to backing our podcast for another campaign. So to get us started, now we got an email this week. Um, and uh, I can still read it out because it's uh, not been um, it's not out of date with any signings yet. So I thought let's let's get a start with an email, which maybe will sum up some other Hearts fans about how they're feeling so far. So this is an email from Ryan McQueen. Um, he says, "Hi lads, I think we can all agree it's been a strange summer break so far, as there's not been much activity at the club to report on. Normally we get at least rumours to cling on to and discuss, but even they have been few and far between." In terms of players, it doesn't get me too down that we've not had any signings as yet, as the window is still a long way from closing. I also think that it may mean we finally see some breakthroughs from the academy, which I think we can unanimously say is long overdue. I think it's likely that with Naismith being coached, the B team, um, having been coached of the B team, I should say, sorry, that we will know the players well and want to see them progress. So fingers crossed he has plans for them. Losing Ginelli was a blow as he came off the back of having his best and most impactful season for us and his contributions will not be easy to replace and neither will his pace. So this is definitely an area where we need to strengthen by getting someone who can come in and chip in with some goals and assists and provide that burst of speed, whether it be up front or on the wing. Keo leaving, I don't think anyone will say is a huge miss and if we were able to recoup some of the money we spent on him, then I don't think me or many others will be too gutted to see the back of him. On a positive note, it's good to see the likes of Boyce, Benny and Halkett and Gordon all back at training. That's the very strong spine of a team right there. Hopefully Boyce coming back will allow Shanklin to play as number 9 with him slotting back into the 10 as we all know how pivotal he is in that role and how much we've missed him. There's no denying we do need to make some signings because if we hopefully have European games to contend with again, then we all know we need as much depth and quality as we can get. I think uh, what we had, um, I think what had frustrated fans most is the lack of communication from the club, whether it be the coaching team or the Joe Savage or anyone, coupled with seeing other clubs making some signings, namely Aberdeen. This is when it comes uh, across as if there's no real clear plan for the team or a direction they're trying to go, and it leaves fans wondering what's happening. I believe we still have a very strong squad and fully fit. However, we need to have depth to accommodate things like the European fixtures and inevitable injuries. It is hearts after all. If we can strengthen the positions we need, then I feel like we can build on last year. And I know we're capable of getting third spot again, but last season showed it's not going to be as much of a cakewalk as it was in 2021-22. It's said every year, but I would love to get the League Cup monkey off our back and at least get a trip to Hamden in both cup competitions. All in all, I get why fans feel a bit in limbo at the moment, but as we always do, we need to stick it out and try and get back the blind optimism that we know and love. 
Looking forward to the pod being back. P.S. I think the pink kit is beautiful and I won't hear otherwise. Cheers, Ryan. So, uh, Mark, I think Ryan summed up quite a lot of feelings that are going about Hearts fans. It's it, 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 a bit of an odd feeling, doesn't it, this preseason so far? Yeah, very underwhelming so far. I was just looking at when the summer transfer window closes. Now, closes end of August, start of September. In an ideal world, you want to get signings done, if possible, as early as possible, so that you could take them away with you to Spain, play them against Dunfermline, have them in front of the spectators in attendance at an open training session, which might one day have been a, a pre-season friendly. I don't know what happened there, but I just feel with, with this summer so far, it's not been great from a PR perspective. It's, it's not been great with the lack of signings. God knows they've probably tried, but it's very difficult with everybody that's involved in a signing to keep it quiet. All it takes is one person from either the team that you're looking at a player from or an agent to leak it to their pal who's a journalist. And you can see how quickly you put something on social media. It goes around pretty quickly as to uh, who hearts are interested in or, or whatever. Some might be right, some might be wrong. But as we record right now, we don't have any signings. Now, did we, ahead of this season, think, oh, well, we'll be playing in the group stage again in European football? Because you don't just do your budgets a couple months in advance. They're done well ahead of time. So is the fact that we are not in European football and the group stage is guaranteed, we might get there through qualifying, but it's going to be very hard unseated. Has that been something that we have looked at and, and maybe thought, oh, well, we'll have that money, but we don't have? There's talk about the hotel as well. There's money being put towards that. They want to, they want to finish that off and, and make that another revenue stream for the football club. So ideally, we want to, to, to get signings in. But I don't want to get signings in just for the sake of it. Yeah. Now, if I, I like Dylan Lev. Right? I think he's a really good player. But he was shite last season. He was really good the season before. Now, supposedly... He went to Hibs for a transfer fee and 7000 a week, right? This is a football club that supposedly paid Chris Mueller nine grand a week who didn't pull up any trees. So that is signing a good player, but it's probably spending too much. And if we hadn't been interested in Dylan Levitt, assuming we were, they might not have had to pay that to get him. So I want to sign players, but I don't want to just pay over the odds for, for, for players. And you know what? I hope we go into the season having signed some players, if it's the right player, at the right terms. But even if we've only signed one or two, I really hope we give youth an opportunity. And you know what? With the European thing, with the transfer window not closing until September the 1st, that is the draw for the Europa League and for the Conference League group stages. So if we have managed to get through, then... We know we will be getting that five million, so we can then sign players in that final week of August. It's a big doubt that that's going to happen, but it's just the overwhelming um, feeling for me is of underwhelmment. Ryan, you, you obviously are not privy to what's going on at Hearts in particular, but from your own experience as a footballer and having been involved in many transfers. Uh, yourself many 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 transfers um <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's not always maybe as straightforward as 
as some people may perceive as you know, I know having had a conversation with you before, even about your most recent transfer, um, you know, some people wondering, you know, why why is the signing not being made already? We're into July. Um, but there can be a lot going on, can't there? And there can be a lot of um activity without anything becoming public and without anything actually happening till later in the window as well. Yeah, I think so. You know, a lot of sort of players are maybe going back to preseason thinking I don't know if I'm going to be playing. I don't know if I'm going to be part of the manager's plans. A lot of managers do the whole, you know, everybody's on a clean slate. And then after a couple of weeks, players that clubs thought weren't up for sale or potential to be moving have now had a falling out or want to move or want to go on. There's so many stuff on there. But, you know, Mark makes a good point in terms of probably similar to St. Johnson, you know, for us as a club, we've come out and said we just don't want to sign players for the sake of signing players. We want to run with a smaller squad. In doing so, it gives the young players at the club a pathway of getting into the first team. Um, and I feel like that's possibly similar to what Hearts are doing. You know, they've, they've had a lot of players vary from the age of sort of 24 to early 30s who haven't played as many games as they possibly wanted when they joined the club and are now just obstacles for young players you know, sort of bypass them and get into the first team. So, you know, Hearts might be just looking at it being like, okay, we have not signed anyone, but, you know, we're now seeing, you know, I've seen the team sheets for the last couple of games. There's a lot of younger players that, you know, nobody's seen last year at all. They're either out on loan or just didn't even get a sniff in starting to play. And, and, and that's what you almost want. You kind of want those younger players to be the ones that, if you do get a couple of injuries, can get thrown in. And you also have to add into the fact that, um, Benny's back after being out for what near enough a year. Mm-hmm. That's almost like a new signing. Boyce is back after what nine months, almost like a new signing. I'm not sure how far away Craig Gordon is, but you know that they're kind of yeah, two Halkett or three well. players. Halkett, they're almost like three or four signings. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but for having missed so much of last <laughs> season, that they're, they're like you know that's four starters for your best 11 back training and back playing with your team yeah you know you're probably not going to go out and sign four players of that caliber straight away to come in and and start the team so you know hearts as much as they've not signed anyone and it's becoming a bit of a a bigger thing they have got those sort of three or four players back in who are going to strengthen the the starting 11 from the one that you know played against hibs in the last game of the season yeah i think it's a fair point and we will we'll, we'll have a look at the sort of the squad depth and the positions that we maybe need to look at Hearts bringing someone in. But in terms of the, the lack of signings in particular, we'll go through it. We, we, we received a handful of tweets, well, actually more than a handful, but I'm only going to go through a handful about this. Um, Brian um, says, are we pricing ourselves out of the player market with the pricing structure? As in, Craig Gordon is probably the highest paid player. Uh, so to go above that, we're not accepting the fact the player market has changed and to get players we need to review. Uh, the Maroon Report says, feel a little concern with our zero activity and the recruitment combined with the players who have left um, leaves a gap in the quality slash depth and I suspect it will hinder us tactically going forward this season. Uh, Tim Sanders said, feeling really nervous about the lack of anything happening regarding contract renewals and new signings. Bry Pie says, with Gino away, I think we will struggle up front unless we replace his speed and skill. Unfortunately, this doesn't look likely at the moment. Um Grant Haddon says, trying to, my best to be positive, but the lack of transfer activity is worrying when we need three or maybe four decent recu- recruits to strengthen the squad. 
Um, John Clellan said he's not confident the factor defence struggled last season. We haven't addressed the centre-back or right-back issues. And we now lack pace, having lost Gino. Um, there's an eerie silence around the club at the moment. Um, and Brian Martin says, normally I'd be feeling optimistic that the new signings will bring quality to provide momentum early in the season. Will we be aiming high in the league to get to a final at least? Not getting that feeling as yet. Seeing other clubs being busy adds concern. Um, Robin McKendrick says, I'm disappointed we haven't signed anyone yet. Granted, there is time to go, but we better get our finger out. Now, we'll, I'll, I'll caveat that and I'll, I'll look at the other side of things as well. But in terms of the how late we are at the moment, so it's 13th of July time of recording, so we could sign someone in the next 24 hours. Uh, out of interest and because I'm a total geek, Mark, I look back um, to try and find... Um, the last time we hadn't signed a player at this point, um, uh-huh. 15, 15 years ago. Okay. Um, so last season, first uh, of June uh, was our first signing. We'd actually signed five players in June last season. Um, season before, seventeenth of June was Janelia permanent signing. Uh, we signed Gordon on the 29th of June uh, during the pandemic. Um, first of June, twenty nineteen. First of July. By first of July, twenty eighteen, we'd signed nine players. And that's not necessarily a good thing. But so I'm just saying these the info here. 2nd of June, 13th of June, 18th of June, 12th of June, 30th of June. That was even even in administration. We managed to sign Danny Wilson at the end of June, um, 1st of July. Back in 2011, we signed Jamie Hamill and John Sutton on the 25th of May, my birthday, 25th of, um, 25th of May, 2011. Um, Kevin Kyle signed on the 3rd of June, then 1st of June, 2000, 2009. So in 2008, Shabba Laszlo was appointed as manager the 11th of July. First signing that season was the 6th of August, three days before the league opener. Um, so make of that what you will. Um, I'm certainly of the opinion I, I wasn't getting too worried about things maybe a couple of weeks ago um, before the team had even returned to training. I would say I'm kind of a little concerned about the length of time it's taken, but I think, Mark, the proof will be in the pudding. If if we end up making just maybe three, four signings and they're all like, wow, that's they're good quality. We've just added quality. We've not gone out and signed a whole raft of players, a whole raft of kind of punts or kind of projects. We've signed some big quality. I think that will appease fans when it happens, but it, it, I can understand why people are edgy at this point, mid-July. Yeah, I want to take you back to, what would it have been, January 2006, Beslia, Hackett, Gonsalves, Michaela, Aguiar, various others. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that ain't happening. They, they, they had to have separate tables with, with name tags on them so we knew who we were interviewing. Um, that, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. And, and look, the... Ryan's Ryan's a good one to, to chat to a, a, about this because if we if we whether it's Hearts or or Ryan's St Johnston, if either team is to bring in a player from a league, I mean over here in the United States right now, Major League Soccer is ongoing. The USL is is ongoing. The league below, um, there's players that you can sign that are mid-season. But if either Hearts St Johnston or or others, Ryan were to bring in players whose season doesn't begin until similar to Hearts, or even later than that um, down in England, I I, I think it's, it's the question would then have to be asked, why couldn't Hearts and Johnston or whoever have managed to get that player maybe prior to um, going to Spain for Hearts? And, and you, you guys have had a training session as well. 
it, it, it's, it, a lot depends on the player that you're going for, doesn't it? And where that player plays and how, how difficult, because making a signing is not easy with so many people involved, Ryan. Yeah, and it, sometimes it's a, a chain reaction, I guess. You know, it, it would be, a, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, but there'll be players at Hearts that Hearts want to move on, but they're not going to move on until they get somebody else in the building. And yeah. sure. that player can then move on. And that just happens from the top level all the way down. So it just filters through. So there's not been that much movement from the English market towards Scotland because they're probably, the English market's trying to get their players in. Once they sign a couple, they then say, listen, you three aren't really going to play this much this year. You guys can look for options. Then that's when Scottish clubs and everybody else kind of starts looking. So that's kind of, now that, you know, this, the, boys down south are starting to come back in i feel that the next sort of 10 15 days will be when a lot of players are now you know officially kind of made aware that they can they can move on and, and find a different club and, and then that whole process starts of you know where they're going to go the bidding war starts but mm-hmm. i would argue that i'm not sure you two can answer this that any of the other clubs that have signed players would have you taken at hearts? You know, like Hibs have made six or seven signings. Aberdeen have made six or seven signings. They've signed players, but I, there's not one of those players where I've been like, oh, that's a really good signing. You know, there's a lot of them that's unknown, but I don't feel that they've missed out on a player that I was like, oh, that would have been a, a really good fit. Let, let me, let me put, yeah, let me put something into perspective. Um, I, I've had a, off the record, phone conversations, two or three of them with, with Robbie Nielsen over the past month or two. Um, Robbie was trying to sign Nicky Devlin for Hearts. Now, Nicky's a solid player. He's a right back. We need a right back, I, I think. He was trying to get him under freedom of contract. Now, if Robbie had still been at the football club, um, I don't know if it would have gone through, but that was the coaches. That's who he, one of the players that he wanted to sign. Now, Nicky's obviously gone to Aberdeen. I'm sure he'll do fine there. He was the Livingston captain. Um, he was allowed to, to 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 leave. He wasn't going to sign a new contract. So David Martindale knew that he was leaving. Um, but Robbie wanted him. He was certainly someone that he'd spoken to. And um, by all accounts, the player was pretty keen. But obviously, Robbie left Hearts and, and that door closed or it wasn't reopened by, by the new incumbent. So there are players out there who... Robbie might have liked, or others might have liked, but the circumstances have changed. The other thing I want to do is I want to take you back 12 months. Hearts were linked with the Newcastle midfielder, super player as well, Elliot Anderson. Now, on the 17th of July, it became clear that it might be harder for Hearts and other interested parties to sign Elliot Anderson because Newcastle went to Austria. And Elliot Anderson played really well. He got a lot of opportunities on their preseason tour and ultimately was a part of their first team squad. And on July 26th, it was announced that Elliot Anderson was going to stay at Newcastle and wasn't going to go out on loan. Now, as we record this, what's the date? Is it like the 12th? Yeah, it's the 13th of July. I'll probably go out 14th or 15th of July. That is still over a year since Hearts were linked with Elliot Anderson. And it's another two weeks after that that Newcastle decided, you know what, we're going to keep him. Now, 
there's a lot of English clubs coming over here for pre-season. There's a lot of English clubs going elsewhere, to Asia or to other places. Um, there's a lot of them going to, to Europe. There'll be a lot of youngsters. Manchester United played Leeds yesterday. And there'll be a lot of their youngsters that Eric Ten Hag is like, well, I was maybe going to put him out on loan. And instead, I want to keep him. So Hearts and other clubs will have their eye on many of these youngsters at Premier League clubs or maybe championship clubs who may impress their own club. And when you think you might have a deal, that might not happen. So, yeah, it's I hate to, to use the phrase because I'm going against myself because I'm frustrated that we've not signed anybody, call canny. But I think you might see, Laurie, over the next week or two, I think you might see a bit more movement on the transfer front. That Things can quite change quickly, especially when it comes to loan signings. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative signing print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Yes, we're talking uh, signings or, or lack of signings uh, at the moment. Uh, we got a tweet from Jamie said, much as a win can instantly lift the doom and gloom around the club, so can a signing. The core of an excellent team is there, but it's clear where we need to strengthen. Until that starts, we're going to keep our concerns and con- conspiracies about our team and management structure. So interesting, you know, Jamie's talking about um, where hearts um, need to strengthen. I want to talk, we will talk about the kind of management structure a little bit in this episode before the end um but interesting because i thought ryan made a very good point about um players potentially needing to leave now i looked at the the hearts team now of course the the big departure for hearts was janelli who left on a free and then uh joined swansea um the only other real you know starter who's left a regular starter who would probably be a big miss is Michael Smith, who obviously left as well. I know we saw the rest as Kiermitzogli, but it never quite worked out for him at heart. So um, we've still got quite a big squad. And I was looking at, you know, I think Stephen Naismith will look to play a 4-2-3-1. That's going to be his preference, and that's what we'll generally try and start with. So uh, if we look at that team and we look at now, my um, the football manager player in me always likes to look at the, uh, a team and make, and you want to have sort of two options for every position, basically ideally maybe that option could cover more than one position so your second option of position is also covering you know one or two as ryan says with st johnson running a smaller squad but you want to at least have a second option that can play at the level required um for your team so i was looking at heart so four two three one so goalkeeper you know craig gordon you got xander clark so Thankfully, Xander Clark's injury picked up before the Dunfermline game is not too serious. He will be back in, I think, under seven to ten days. Um, Harry Stone is kind of third choice. So Hearts aren't going to go and look to sign another goalkeeper because the plan is that Craig Gordon will be back in a few months. Maybe they'll try and sign someone as backup. I don't know, but it's not a major concern. Um, Centre-back. Now, fans keep talking about centre-back. It is a position that Hearts are looking at. So we understand Hearts are looking at a centre-back, a right-back, and a winger slash attacking midfielder. That's kind of three slash four of the big positions they're looking at. I understand that because they struggled at time at centre-back. You know, Toby Sibick was great for a lot of the season, but he started a bit poorly at the start of the season. He tailed off a little bit. Kai Rolls started well with Hearts, but struggled. Stephen Kingsley was off form after he came out from injury. Craig Halkett missed a lot of the season. But if you look at numbers, centre-backs, you've got two centre-back positions there. You've got Craig Halkett, you've got Toby Sibick, you've got Kai Rose, you've got Stephen Kingsley, and you've got Lewis Nielsen, who's still, unless he goes out on loan. So you've got five players there 
at centre-back. So yes, would it be ideal that we sign an, another commanding centre-back? Yeah, but we've got five players who can play that position already. So we're probably going to want to maybe at least loan Lewis Nielsen out, maybe sell one of the others if we're going to get a player in that position. Right back is the the big one for me because we're Nathaniel Atkinson and um, he had a good end to the season, but he's still yet to really prove himself on a regular basis. We don't really have anyone else natural to play that position at all. Left back, you've got Cochrane, Kingsley can play there, Halliday still at the club, he can cover there, so you're kind of well covered. You've got your first choice in Cochrane and a couple of able backups. Centre midfield, two positions. Devlin, Beningami coming back, you've got Haring, you've got George Grant still at the club, Halliday can cover in there. So again, you've got four or five players for those two positions. I think you can understand why they're looking at winger slash attack midfielder, because between those three attacking positions, Right, left, and attacking mid. You've got Oda, Forrest, Mackay, Boyce, potentially. Grant can move there. You've got Connor Smith. So that's quite thin on the ground. I'd say Boyce is only just back. Mackay flat to deceive at times. Forrest maybe hasn't kicked on. Oda's a bit of a project. Connor Smith is quite young. That's an area for me we need to get cover. Centre forward, you've got Shanklin and Boyce. But is that enough if you want to play pace? So for me, Mark, don't know what you think. Looking at that, People keep talking about centre-back to me. But we really need a right-back and we really need someone else in that attacking mid-slash-wing-slash-number-10 mm-hmm. role, I feel. Because we've got a lot of players at centre-back and maybe Stephen Naismith, Frankie McAvoy, will believe that they can actually work with those players and improve the areas that we've struggled in. Ryan made a good point earlier about Benny Benigami and Liam Boyce. It's going to take take time for them to to have the, the confidence to be where they, where, where they were with the match fitness and everything like that. But in essence, it will be like two new signings. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Hearts because I'm as pissed off as everybody else because there's nothing better. You see a, a clax and that transfer clax in that Hearts Twitter account put out and you get all excited. But you, you mentioned the player, Lewis Nielsen, and possibly put him on loan. Why? Why, why, why not try and develop him? Because there was a spell when he came in. Oh, no, um, what I'm saying at, is people keep crying for a centre-back, but unless some of these players are going somewhere, then you've got, oh, no, five, no, yeah. you've got five players who can play centre-back. No, right? I, I, I get that. I, I get that. But but with Lewis Nielsen and George Grant, right? George Grant was probably signed as a 10. And George Grant hasn't really played that much as a 10. If, are we playing a 4-2-3-1 next season? Are we playing a 4-3-3 under Stephen Naismith? If, if that's George Grant's best position, let's see what he's like in that best position. And mm-hmm. and is it, is it going to be another Aaron McInerney? Um, or is it going to be someone that, that can really take the bull by the horns? And look, ultimately, I think Aberdeen have, have, have probably got a little bit of a gap now. I, I think it's Celtic, then Rangers, then Aberdeen. Honest, I know Hibs have lost Kevin Nisbet, um, but they've done okay with, with their recruitment. I yeah. think it's a toss-up right now between between Hearts and Hibs. I, I think we've lost our our advantage that we had over both Aberdeen and Hibs, and it was a clear advantage, not just points-wise, but by the way that the football club um, was going, I, I think we've lost that advantage for now. That might change in the next four to six weeks. Um, and obviously the season starts as well, but it's going to have to change pretty quickly. Yeah. Because right now, I, I think we're playing catch-up. Yeah, I think I disagree slightly with what Ryan said about would I take. I mean, I think getting Leighton Clarkson on a permanent deal for Aberdeen, I think that's a great bit of business. Um, yes. I, would yeah, have, I, I, I would have taken Nicky Devlin. I, I like Dylan Levitt. 
if Hearts had made that signing, I would have been pretty happy with it. I know. You know where, where are you Mark... playing him? And as much as I like him, where are we playing? If we'd signed Dylan Levitt, right? Who are we playing him instead of? Is it simply a straight swap that Janelli's gone and we we play him coming in off the right, or who, who does I he? Think, I just think for me, and I know what Hearts fans are saying about centre back, but for me, my concern is more not is right back, and it's the attacking position. So I look at those, I look at those three attacking positions. I think Naismith will want to keep playing a four-two-three-one, so that gives three attacking positions. Now, if Shanklin, you know, if, if Shanklin's moved to the nine which means it will be a slightly different approach because he's not got the pace of Janelli. If Shanklin's moved to the nine, that leaves those three positions between currently Oda, Forrest, Mackay, Connor Smith, Boyce. George Grant, maybe Liam Boyce. Now, Liam Boyce is a great player, but he's going to take a while to get back up to full speed. And what about um, Barry Mackay? Barry, Barry Mackay yeah. didn't, have, yep. didn't have his best season last season. So for me, those three positions, none of them are stamped down for me. Even like Oda finishes season well. Still a project though. Um, Connor Smith is young. I really hope he kicks in. Forrest, for me, an okay squad player. I don't know if he's the type of player starting that will push Hearts on to getting third back. So for me, when I looked, when I lay this out, apart from right back where we just absolutely need another player in, those because that's three positions. That's the sort of if you if you break if you break it down to you know centre back, full backs, centre midfield. And the attacking three—that's the the most players are in that attacking three. If we're going to break it down, you, you tend to get players who can interchange. If you're not playing wingers, it tends to be inside forward slash number ten. So you can kind of interchange them. I don't see anyone right now because either of recent form, overall quality, or the fact that they won't be fully match fit, match sharp at the start of the season. I don't know if I see anyone picking those three roles up unless you're playing Shanklin yeah. in the ten. But if you put yeah. Shanklin in the ten again, who's up front? because we've not got Ginelli. Right. So that concerns Ryan, me more where, is the attacking positions. Ryan, where's Hearts ma- match winners? When you're speaking um, prior to the game against Hearts on the opening day of the season, it's your pre-match team talk as well. You'll obviously, your manager, I'm sure, Stephen McLean um, and, and and the rest of them will go through and they'll basically, they'll diss all Hearts. They'll look at them. They don't make many signings. Who do you consider as a potential Hearts match winner um, for the opening day of the season? Um, and does that worry you at all um, prior to that game? It would be Shankland and Mackay, I would imagine. Um, it would have been Ryan, Janelli. I'd still having nightmares about that goal at McDermott. <laughs> I, I knew as soon as you lined up that question that you were going <laughs> to say that. Just tell. But yeah, they'd probably be the two, and, if, and probably Boyce, because they're the ones that can hurt you. Um, I feel Janelli not being there is a big miss. I feel like Hearts in the attacking third are missing pace. Which they are a lot of which a lot of clubs struggle with because pace is such a weapon in the modern game. Is if you have somebody up front who's absolutely rapid, it just it makes a difference. Even for defenders, you know you can't press or you can't squeeze the game as much because. You just know that one ball over the top and the boy's in for a one a one on one and that's why, you know, Janelli scored so many goals last year is because he felt like he developed that part of his game of timing his runs and knowing when to run in behind and and you know, with Hearts going with Shanklin dropping deeper, Mackay wanting it to feet, they did have a lot of players who wanted the ball into feet, which meant that you know, if you're an opposing player, you could everyone could go tight because you know they're not going to spin you in behind. Whereas when they did have Janelli, that was a problem because he would 
occupy the back three, the back four with his pace and knowing that the ball could go on behind and it then gives time for hearts, you know, sort of number 10s and, and technical players to get on the ball. So I feel like if hearts were to get somebody that they would want somebody that's, that's running in behind to, you know, allow those players, Makai, Boyce, Shanklin to, to get on the ball and, and start dictating things. So, um, yeah, you know, looking at it, if we were to play the game uh, on Saturday, it, w- it would be Shanklin and Makaya that you you need to make sure that you're that you're keeping quiet and, and not getting the ball in areas that you don't want them to have the ball in. I'll put a little positive spin here before we move on to talk about um, preseason and the management structure. So we had some other tweets. Adam Gorgie Talk on Twitter said quietly confident, hoping Boyce and Benny come back swinging. Halkett and Gordon, <clears throat> excuse me, to follow later. Good to see youngsters showing a bit of something and signings to follow. Time to claim third back. Uh, Odd Shape Balls said a lot of the young players have had a run in the preseason games. Some have looked fairly good. Rathy and Flatman against Plymouth. Boyce and Benny are back. We still need at least two or three new signings, but I don't think we're as far away as some people think. Murray Watson says having Boyce and Beningame back is like two new signings. As long as we get a couple of starters in and get Halkett back, I think we'll be okay. I want quality over quantity. And Sonny Rocker says it's far too early to press the panic button. Traditionally, we leave it late for signings and I'm optimistic the young lads will come good for the season starting. Doom and gloom can set in if fans wish. If we're bottom after, say, three games in, hearts, hearts, glorious hearts. Right, let's uh, talk a little bit about preseason and um, the management team before we go. Um, Ryan, first of all, <clears throat> just to check with you, so obviously under new full-time management at St. Johnson as well, with Stephen McLean, a bit similar situation to Hearts in terms of someone coming in who was a coach, getting the um, the gig on a temporary basis before being made permanent. Very similar in many ways to Hearts, because like you've alluded to, there's not been many signings, just one which isn't actually even been it's not been released by St. Johnston, but it has been in some of the papers. So that's where we're talking about it just now. Um, how's your preseason been going? Because you've um, played some friendly games, but you kick off your uh, competitive season just this weekend, actually, away to Stenhouse Muir. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a shorter preseason than most um, because of the cup competition and, and getting these kind of early games in, which is, which is good for us. And um, yeah, like you touched on, we've, we're publicly made it that we'll be running with a smaller squad this year. So, um, yeah, it's good for us in terms of, you know, getting these games out, getting these games in that are kind of important games. And, you know, for clubs like us, it's super important that that we finish high or top the group, get seeded and, and try and go on a bit of a cup run this season. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, it's just a tricky kind of cup competition because it's so early doors it's it, it is half treated as a reserve game in terms of you know well, not a reserve game but like a friendly game yeah. in terms of not many of us have played 90 minutes but at the same time there is a little bit more riding on it because you know as a premier league club you need to make sure that you are beating these teams and and finishing top of the group to to progress into the next round of the cup because um you know as you've known previously St. Johnson and, and clubs like us need to have a good cup run to you know, bring in extra income to the club and, and get the fans on side and, and every club wants a good cup club good cup run, sorry, for their season. So um so yeah, looking forward to it. Um I think we're still wanting maybe two or three more signings, but 
uh, I'm quite excited that you know we are running with the smaller squad because it can it does bring everyone you know that little bit closer together. Mm-hmm. You know, we we'll have some of the younger boys that are training with us probably full time, and they will have that excitement of you know trying to get their debut and playing in there. And and I think all clubs and fans like young players coming through. So you know, hopefully from our point of view this year, we can have a couple of the younger ones. You know maybe get five, 10, 15 games between three or four of them, which would be successful and, and hope they do well. And um, yeah, you know, the, everybody is excited. I think that's the, the thing about preseason is every club has their excitements of, of what could, it could hold and, and then come sort of November, December reality hits and, and everyone's sort of mm-hmm. grumpy again. So um, yeah, just looking forward to, to starting another season and um, yeah, hoping to do really well. Yeah, so a draw with Dunfermline in a friendly uh, 3-0 win against East Fife for the weekend. An upcoming for Saints, Stennis Muir, then Alloa, Air United and Sterling in the Viaplay Cup. And for Hearts, a 1-0 loss on their uh, trip over in Spain to Plymouth Argyle. Then a 1-1 draw with Dunfermline on Sunday at East End Park when 18-year-old Luke Rathy, the defender, scored in that one. There was a 2-0 win behind closed doors um, against Fleetwood on Wednesday, George Grant with a double. Um, a due to play Wigan Athletic behind closed doors on Sunday. The big game will be the 30th of July, a friendly against Leeds United. Um, it has been quite a quiet pre-season for Hearts, um, Mark. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, we're admitting here, you know, we're both frustrated. But uh, one thing I'm, I, I just wonder, now we're kind of speculating, there's nothing been out there. You, you mentioned about the financial side of things. Hearts thought they were on course to get that. Five million again, that would have been the target, the aim, of course. And um, to miss out on that is big. Now, do you think there's been any sort of adjustment in maybe the, not the expectations, but the challenge for the the new coaching staff, which of course is the Frankie McAvoy, Stephen Naismith, and Gordon Forrest trio. In terms of you know, we've got a lot of players here, still a lot of them under contract, and um, people are questioning, like I mentioned, the centre backs or other positions. Is there maybe more of an emphasis on like, okay, let's see what you can do as coaches. Can you improve the players that we've got rather than necessarily replace them all with new guys? Have to try and maybe pay some people off to get them off the wage bill, pay transfers, signing on fees, etc. Obviously, all the money that comes with changing players. Has there been maybe, you think, more of an emphasis on like, look, okay, Toby Sibbick, Kai Rolls, there were some question marks over them. It's time to centre back. Um, George Grant didn't kick on as we hoped. Forrest didn't kick on. Mackay didn't perform as we were hoping last season. Can you improve that as coaches? Good question. I, I think, uh, if I'm trying to remember correctly, our last podcast prior to the summer break was just prior to Hearts making the announcement of Stephen Naismith, Frankie McAvoy, and Gordon Forrest um, being the permanent managers. So we haven't really, I just want to touch on that first and, and get your thoughts on it as well. And, and I, I don't want to put Ryan in a position, Ryan can, can discuss it if he, if he likes, um, about what's going on. I, I just think um, the optics... That's when we hear the head. dial tone from Ryan hanging up. <laughs> it's like, hey, well, yes, Ryan, um, I, I don't like the optics of this. And it just, it seems to me that... Um, the whole UEFA laws and, and, and rulings of you can't just put Frankie McAvoy in a dugout and put him in front of the press for a European game. You've got to be seen to be kind of doing that um, 
throughout and up until you exit European competition. So it, the optics have been a bit a, a bit naff. Um, technical director and and head coach, whatever they're just going to flip flop once Hearts get get knocked out of Europe. And and look, Sifuentes was mentioned. One or two others were mentioned as well. We have what we have, and and there's no point in sitting here saying it's a good appointment, it's a bad appointment. Because we don't know. Time will tell. We have a little tester. Um, it's like going into a brewery and and and, and getting a, a little sample of, of something. You might like it, but after a period of time, is it something you still want? We'll find out with Stephen Naismith, um, with Frankie McAvoy and, and with Gordon Forrest. I just don't like the optics. And it seems to me, from the outside looking in, and I don't have any knowledge internally of what's going on, that the football club maybe got caught a little bit short as far as the kind of knowledge of what is required um, for European competition. Um, and as a result, the optics haven't been great. So that I just wanted to, to kind of get that out there. Um, optics doesn't matter because ultimately it's what you do on the football pitch. And from, from those that I've spoken to, it seems to be working very well um, on the training ground. There's, there's no issue whatsoever with titles or anything like that. They do what they do. Um, they're they're all very good coaches, and whoever has the final say will have the final say. The proof of the pudding is is first game of the season um, in the league season against St Johnston. So whether or not they've been told to make the players better, whether or not they've been told how much is available for for transfers, who's the one that's got the final say? We've heard from Frankie, we've heard from Stevie as well. It just seems a little bit messy right now. So hopefully we can get our our, our, our kind of uh, our ducks in a row um, going forward and let's not have talk about technical directors and head coaches let's just have talk of by the way that was a really good start to the season because Hearts have been handed a very nice fixture list which especially with the first game of the season as long as McGowan doesn't fuck things up for us then we've, we've got a wee chance You are listening to Sarves that End of Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Um, Ryan McGowan did not want to touch the topic of the Hearts management team with a barge pole, so he has departed. So thank you very much to Ryan for joining us this week. He'll be back again when we're not going to try and get into the intricacies of that. I am slightly messing. Ryan um, was uh, had his time was up for Ryan tonight. He had to dash off. So. Um, we appreciate that. <clears throat> we wish him all the best for his game this weekend. Of course, not in the first competitive game in terms of league matches this season. In terms of the management team, Mark, you make some good points there just a moment ago. We, we got some tweets about this specifically. Um, Gary Wilson, when he heard that the podcast was coming back, said he can't wait. Finally get some info on the farce and goings on at our club. Question one, how did we end June with Naismith? Um, um, and come back with McAvoy, please explain. Question two, where is Savage and some signings? He did have some questions about some loyalty points and ticket side of things, but we won't go into that. Um, David Chisholm said the farcical management structure situation is creating distance between the club and the fans, all for the sake of keeping up appearances for one round in Europe, and to the bizarre lack of signings, and it feels like a real damp squib of a season to come at this point. We're going uh, to Europe, says, so confused about the management structure, this has the potential to unsettle the team. So, I get it, you know. I, I was, you know, we said we spoke about it. You know, both of us, Mark, we honest said we weren't hundred percent sure, or we weren't, you know, giving Stephen Naismith a job wasn't our first choice. Nothing against Naismith, but we still. But, felt but we it was also a bit didn't of a... really have a first. I know you're we saying didn't, that, and you're no. right. 
we, we didn't have an obvious right, this is the main contender. It was we like didn't. Well, I don't know what to do here. Which is fair, but you know, we're not gonna I'm not gonna try and change what we said before. But a lot of no, people no, were a lot of people were really keen for Naismith to get the job. I would actually say, from what I heard, I felt the majority were backing Naismith to get the, the role. So the club have backed him, and what I think they've had to do is work out how they can put him in position. Now, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it's obviously something that's a little complicated, a little more complicated than I knew, and maybe more complicated than some people realised at first. I don't know. Um, I don't like how messy it is. I, you know, I think it's something that if it was happening at Hibs or Aberdeen, we would all be taking the piss out of it like they are with us. Um, you know, the tune the fat sketch with the football manager and his sidekick um, and the sidekick copying his every motion and shouting at the pitch. And that's been played and fine. I think it's one of these things where it just leaves us open to um, more pressure and more criticism earlier if things aren't going well. Look, if things if we hit the ground running and things are going great, people will forget about titles and structure very quickly. Um, I think internally, I think the players will know exactly who's in charge and who's coaching the team and who's leading things. Well, they do. They do. They do. Um, but yes, it's it's not just a case of, yes, X person has to be in the dugout or has to do press conferences. You're, you're spot on. They have to be doing everything across the board. Otherwise, and other clubs have fallen foul of this. Um, you can get fines and um, coaches can be banned um, for shadow coaching. If it's seen as that they are, they are just putting on a show, they're putting on a charade, and and in the background, it's actually one person doing everything. So Hearts do have to maintain this, and it's while Hearts are in Europe. Um, one question I got asked was about when Naismith is doing his badges. I don't know when this will happen. However, I do understand that once he starts doing his pro license, he will be seen as being qualified by UEFA, even though he won't. Have, it will take eighteen months to do it. Um, I know he can't start it. Um, until 12 months after he's ended doing his A licence, which was still fairly recent that he finished doing his A licence. So um, he won't have, he can't start his pro licence yet, but when he does, he will then be seen as qualified when that happens. So hopefully that will happen quite early because I know UEFA can give dispensation to start courses early, not earlier than the 12-month gap, but I think they can do them maybe earlier than what the usual scheduled courses are. Um, I think the issue for me is, yeah, just the optics, as you say. It can look a bit messy and it just, it maybe gives the current team and the setup maybe less leeway, less room for error early on, I would say, um, because very quickly people will turn on the fact that, oh, the reason we aren't getting results or the reason we're not performing is because of the lack of clarity in the management structure. Um, so it's a little bit messy. I get both sides of it here. Um, I think... The majority of fans wanted Naismith, I think. The club obviously tried to make that happen and they've had to find a way to make it happen. Um, if all of this information had been available to fans, um, Mark, about how it would have to be structured, I don't know if it would have been as much in Stephen Naismith's favour in terms of the desire to give him the job. I would, just, From a fan's point of view, that would be my feeling. Yeah, I, I mean they've tried to explain it, but then with with, but you can't. with everything, no. <laughs> because if you explain it exactly how it's happening or how we understand it's happening, then it leaves us open to UEFA a little bit. So they with, have to. They, yes, 
Exactly. Fo football is a simple game, okay? Celtic supporters that were, oh, I don't want Brendan Rodgers back. Celtic go at the top of the table. Celtic beat Rangers in the first old firm game. No one's given a toss that Brendan Rodgers previously walked out on the club for a much better league. Hearts got off to a really good start in the league. Hopefully we do, because we've got the fixtures to do so. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I, I can't earlier in the podcast say, I think we're behind Aberdeen now and probably level with Hibs and then suddenly say, oh, we've got a great start. We should be winning the first seven games. But if we got off to a good start, I don't care what Stephen Naismith's title is. I don't care what Frankie McAvoy's title is. And European competition is going to be different this year because after the first two games last year, we knew that we were going to be playing group stage football. We just didn't know prior to the first two games whether it was going to be Conference League or we were going to stay in, in the Europa League. This year, when you look at some of the teams um, that, that we could face, and I know I think we're going to go on to that um, briefly for, for Hearts to face, we're going to be unseated. Um, and we could get some right nasty teams uh, to face, from Club Bruges to Basel to Alkmaar, Ghent, Dinamo Kiev, Fenerbahce. These are the, the top seeds that are there. So the, actually, the third qualifying round is going to be the hardest qualifying round because if we get through to the final qualifying round of the Conference League, we will take the seeded position of the seeded club for the fourth qualifying round draw because of when the games take place and when the draws take place. So this is the big one. This is when we need um, we need a bit of good luck to get through. Um, first of all, we need a good luck in the draw. And hopefully it's the same with the second qualifying round through to the third qualifying round. There is a chance that we could face a team who we would probably go in as favourites because they have beaten a seeded team in the second qualifying round, but you need a bit of luck for that. And if, if we don't get that luck and we face a team that's probably going to beat us, it's it's not great. It's it's not ideal. But you know what? We've only got ourselves to blame. Because to be in the position that we were in at the end of January, having had a great win over Hibs in the Scottish Cup and doing really well in the league, and the wheels fell off, that's on us. We can't blame anybody else for it. Aberdeen put together a good run of form that if Hearts had done something similar, wouldn't have been good enough to overtake us. We are where we are. We have to get off to a good start. And if we do, I don't care what Frankie McAvoy's title is and Stephen Naismith's title is. If we don't, then that can be reopened. And the Hearts fans are perfectly entitled to do so and vent their anger and vent their, their spleen and their criticism as well. I hope it doesn't come to that because if we can get off to a good start this season, then that's all we're after. Right, I think that's about all we've got time for this week. We will get into European opponents when we, um, maybe next week, when we get a little bit closer to, to those games. I know we've got some potential opponents already in a list. Um, we've had plenty to go through this week anyway. Um, we are going to be back uh, with a, a second episode this week, a bonus episode, which is a little bit different. Um, not so much focus on football, so something um, that maybe some of you won't be so keen on, but um, we'll put it out there and we've made sure that we've covered all the big hearts topics so far. Um, so we've got our football side of things out of the way, but keep a, an eye on the social media side of things and on your usual podcast platforms for the latest episodes. This is obviously episode one of the new season, episode 247 
overall of scarves around the funnel. If you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet at around the funnel or you can email podcast at scarves around the funnel dot co dot uk right mark before we go um prediction how many new signings will hearts have by the time we record our next football episode not our bonus episode this week but by the time we record next week's episode how many signings do you think we'll have next week's episode oh wow yeah because we'll have two this week and we're recording them both back to back here so the next next week's episode so week commencing the 17th of july we don't know when we'll record we'll record at some point during the week but by the time we next do this and uh, next week how many signings will we have i don't know why and i've got no knowledge but i don't know why <laughs> i i'm actually going to go two. Oh, you so am i okay i have yeah. no idea who they are not heard no, neither do I. <laughs> but in a, in a week so so by by next weekend i think we'll have announced a couple of new signings so by the time, because as the Hearts have got an open training session at Tynecastle on the 22nd, so let's just say that rather than trying to confuse things about yeah, recording okay. times. So by the time Hearts have their open training session at Tynecastle, 22nd of July, which you can get tickets for online or from the ticket office, they are free. The training session starts at 10 a.m. at 10.30 a.m., I should say, 10 a.m. Townstyle's open. So by the time that happens, we're both saying Hearts will have two new signings. I think so. I, I I hope so. I hope so. I mean, our our score and, and goal scorer predictions were pretty terrible last season. So let's hope we've got. We didn't get one that. right. I know we didn't get one combination right. Well, oh. we will. This is going to be. It's going to be a change season. Yes. So this is this is the start of the predictions being more accurate. Plus twenty twenty four twenty five is a new look European competition oh, with yeah. far more games, more up. This is if yeah. we were going to fuck up two out. If we're going to get into Europe group stages two out of the three seasons, um, and having done so last season, then the next one would be next season if we're only yeah. allowed two group stages. So yeah. fingers yeah. crossed. But two new signings, hopefully by next week. Yeah, week. let's let's just start with trying to make a signing first. Um uh, so hopefully <laughs> hopefully next week that'll change. We will be back with another bonus episode this week, so keep an eye out for that. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence Restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stared By the flash of a neon light It split the night And touched the sound Light I saw ten thousand people, maybe more.